Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Carrillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at the Times. Today's topic, does it matter where you go to school? Last year, the New York Times Director of Fellowships and Internships posted an unscientific opinion on which U.S. colleges produce the best candidates for journalism internships. Two seconds later, Twitter exploded, with journalists from all over calling him out for being elitist. I didn't go to one of those schools. Lane didn't go to one of those schools. She didn't even major in journalism. Our producer, Ayana Ishmael, doesn't go to one of those schools. And our guest today, Omar Rashad, he doesn't go to one of those schools. So we're in great company. So welcome, Omar. Nice to have you on the podcast. Omar wrote a piece that you can find on the Pointer website. And of course, we'll link from the podcast about an unpleasant conversation he had with an industry executive when Omar was looking for an internship. So first, let's have an introduction. Uh, Omar, tell us about you and your interest in journalism. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, Hi everyone, my name is Omar Rashad. Um, I'm a third year college student studying journalism. In the spring, uh, most recently, I graduated from El Camino College, a community college in Torrance, California. Um, And I just recently transferred to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo this fall. Um, where I am continuing my journalism studies and also reporting for my student newspaper. Why journalism, Omar? What led you there? Yeah, so I think, you know, journalism is a medium in which, you know, there are lots of stories I feel, you know, missing from, you know, the mainstream um, media or just the media in general. Um, there are lots of communities I feel are underrepresented, including my own. Um, I'm an I'm a Indian Muslim um immigrant you know um and there are many narratives i feel that are missing and i feel you know one of the biggest um encouragements for me to sort of go into journalism was you know i wanted to see more stories that you know had people that look like me that had people um you know um accomplishing things that had people exploring things in stories um and yeah i think sort of why i went into journalism was because i wanted to maybe play a role in telling those community stories, whether that's a, that's about my community, whether that's about other um, underrepresented communities. I think that was a huge um, encouragement for myself. Did you always know you could go to community college? Was that always the path ahead? Yeah, yeah. So I, I did apply to universities right, you know, during my high school senior year. Um, but the plan was to attend community college just because, you know, I wouldn't be able to take out you know, thousands of dollars um, in loans. Um, and I wanted to be as pragmatic as possible when it came to, you know, making those very big financial decisions. Um, and actually I was just following the lead of my sister. My sister actually attended community college um, five years before me um, and then ended up transferring to UCLA, majored in um, psychology. And 
yeah, I think, you know, I just want to follow my sister's path. Um, also save, you know, at least $20,000 along the way. Um, and just, yeah, go to community college and save that money. Sounds like you had a really strong experience there. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what, what that was like? Absolutely. So El Camino College has a student-run newspaper called The Union. Um, it also has its own website. And I was a part of The Union for two years, um, for, for the two years that I spent at El Camino. Um, and essentially, you know, college newspapers typically have fast turnovers, especially with people, you know, coming and going, you know, in a couple of years. So I joined the newspaper as a copy editor. I then got promoted the following semester as I then got promoted the following semester to be managing editor and news editor. And then the following semester, I became editor in chief. Um, in like I said, you know, fast turnover, but it gave you so much on the ground experience on covering hyper local community stories. And we noticed many times that the types of stories we were covering were stories that, you know, no one else was, was really paying attention to. Um, everything from access to education on campus to um, big issues that were just happening in the community, including um, when our faculty union was, 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 you know, fighting for a new contract. Um, when we saw inequities in, in how you could access counseling appointments things like that. Um, we found that, you know, we were typically the only ones covering very important stories. And we also found our, found our newspaper and our content to be, you know, um, vehicles for change as well. Uh, when we pointed out, you know, um, issues in, in, in a system, for example, um, we, we actually saw um, immediate change um, sometimes. And, and that was really refreshing to see. Our producer Ayana Ishmael also has a similar path and experience. Ayana, can you talk a little bit about your experience at the community college when you started out? Yeah, I definitely want to agree with Omar actually on that because I think the hyper local community is a big aspect, especially like larger publications I've noticed miss out on because, you know, we're such a small community that there's things that people are missing because they're overlooking maybe those communities at those schools and in those areas. So I think that really does play a huge role, especially like my ground with journalism, like being able to be so specific and, um, you know, yeah. have such a small community to cover that there was so much that you could do because you're constantly looking for new and interesting things that weren't being talked about in such a small community. Did you guys have mentors uh, during your community college experience, either, either at school or in the community? Yeah, yeah, I definitely had one mentor. Um, I actually met him at a journalism event. Um, funny enough, you know, it was it was a great um, first introduction to each other. And we just sort of like stayed in touch every couple months. Um, you know, I forwarded him the story that I was working on. We caught up over the phone here and there. And yeah, I, I would actually say, you know, it was because of the local Los Angeles chapter of the Asian American Journalist Association that that, you know, relationship even got started. And yeah, yeah. So I had one mentor. He helped me, you know, keep going encouraged me along the way. How about you, Ayana? Yeah, so I mostly didn't have a lot of mentors. There was one that I actually made while I was at community college because he became an adjunct professor at our community college. He worked at the Miami Herald and ended up teaching one class over the summer. And so he became some sort of a mentor for me. He helped me even like apply for colleges that I was going to go to after leaving my community college. And it was kind of helpful just to have someone that was in the industry looking out for me and also kind of telling me what's going on because I think it is more difficult when you don't have the access at community college to, you know, 
these important professional people that you hopefully want to get to know and learn from. And where do you guys think those relationships should come from? Should that be professional journalists reaching out, professors reaching out, or students like you all reaching out, like or both sides? How do, how do you think those should be initiated? Yeah, if I could actually also add to that uh, point that Ayana mentioned, you know, about access, right? Um, I think community colleges, you know, have resources, but those resources are typically not close to what you see at four-year universities, especially established elite, you know, um, private universities as well, which is, you know, where you see a lot of, of you know, big journalism programs um, located. And, you know, when I think about access, um, community college students, um, you know, really discover journalism in community college um, when you see people who are part of the student newspaper, things like that. Um, and, you know, when you think about, um, you know, for example, where newspapers go to table at events um, and to sort of like recruit and maybe, you know, spread the word about, hey, here are internships. You know, you, you may hear they're going to, you know, name brand schools like USC, ASU, uh, Northwestern. But when you think about where your own community college is located, El Camino, for example, um, it's, it's actually really close to one of the biggest newspapers in the country, the Los Angeles Times. Um, and, you know, we, we notice things where, you know, we won't hear a peep from the Los Angeles Times at, say, an, an event, but we'll hear that, you know, they go to USC or they go to other places, things like that. So I think, you know, access community college wise, you know, there is definitely a stigma um, in the sense that what we do at community college may not be as legitimate as what folks are doing at a four-year university. I definitely had, you know, a, a tough experience, um, um, you know, hearing that directly from a news, from a, you know, journalism industry executive, um, sort of explaining to me that if I were instead at a four-year university rather than a community college, I could have probably got an internship um, at his publication. And yeah, I, I think that that access plays a role here also how the industry views community colleges as well. Um, I think that's, that's a big one right there. Um, just because, you know, you can, you can really write the most important community stories. And, and at the end of the day, that's what journalism is all about, writing for, you know, your readership. And I think another component to creating a career or having a career in journalism is to go from one step to the next step to grow. That essentially means, you know, being able to talk with recruiters, market yourself, you know, show what you can do. And at the end of the day, if, you know, recruiters have this, you know, elitist mindset of you need to be from XYZ University for me to give you an internship that, you know, closes the door on a lot of people, right? Um, that, that um, you know, removes a lot of opportunity, a lot of bright minds, you know, who attend community colleges. Just, to, just so people understand, so you, you, you had talked to this individual and you, you know, you came in with some what you thought were strong clips and very enthusiastic. And then like, the bubble got popped with just like, it didn't matter. That didn't matter so much as where you were coming from, right? That was the experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had brought my clips. I brought my resume. I got some critiques from this executive um, and, you know, some compliments here, some, some, hey, improvements there. And that was perfectly fine. And I was, I, I'm, I'm ready to sort of like, be brought down to earth and, and, you know, learn how I could be doing journalism better. Um, but yes, towards the end of our conversation, um, the executive um, told me that, you know, if I was instead at a, you know, four-year university at an elite one, specifically USC, that I would have probably been able to get an internship um, over the summer. And I had just, you know, gone done explaining to him that, you know, I had applied to over two dozen internships. Um, and this was following my freshman year of college. 
I was just looking for some advice and, and the, hearing those comments just sort of left me gutted to some sense. So Omar, I know um, a lot of papers, especially the bigger papers, they don't really look at interns until they've had another internship somewhere else. So a lot of the internships, you know, start at smaller papers and stuff. Did this recruiter address that with you at all? Or was it just more like labeling you as a community college person? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we had a conversation and, you know, he definitely mentioned how, you know, lots of newspapers are looking for more developed, you know, um, student journalists who have spent a couple of years at their student newspaper, maybe gone in another internship. Um, but the way the conversation, you know, was, was sort of left was, you know, since I am at a community college, you know, I would not be able to get you know, an internship at this publication um, that I was looking to get. And, and specifically the executive said, um, because you're at a community college, I just don't know what you're doing there. And, you know, that, that you know, <laughs> made me feel lots of different ways. And I think, you know, that speaks to number one, really how the industry views community college students. And, and really, I think we should maybe view how diverse the student population is at community colleges. Um, a lot of times you're seeing students who maybe come from low-income backgrounds, maybe come from underrepresented communities, marginalized communities as well. They're, they're very much more likely to attend a community college just because of the lower cost, just because of how accessible it is. So, you know, to really close the door again, you know, on, on community college students is, is, you know, a big blow to a ton of people that could, you know, bring a new perspective, different kind of news judgment. Also, I think, you know, when you're, um, it's a way to get homegrown talent, right? Like you said, you're in the, you're right in the LA Times backyard. The LA Times has been struggling with diversity forever. They don't, they don't have a representative newsroom. Like we don't either. It's not like I'm, you know, but, but it's like. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, and then you've got community college kids who are, you know, for a lot of you, maybe, You'd, it would be nice to work in your hometown. It would be nice to tell the stories that you're talking about that were things you grew up with and you understand and you want to share those. So it's a shame that that was deflating, but, but you're, you haven't given up. So tell us about kind of the turn and what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, after that conversation, I did feel dejected. I went back to my community college newsroom um, at the union um, and, you know, just just picked up journalism again, you know, just just kept going. Before the end of the semester, I ended up writing a story about the, the counseling system at El Camino College, specifically the in-access, according to students. Um, you know, the specific system was set up in a way where you had to be awake at midnight in order to book counseling appointments for a week ahead. I wrote one story, um, you know, talked with talked to several students, talked with an administrator, and, you know, wrote a story about how, you know, students found that difficult. Staying up at midnight, you know, is, is not the ideal time, <laughs> a lot of students told me, you know, to, to, to be booking counseling appointments. Um, and then within one week of that article going out after publication, um, we saw an immediate change. You know, the, the, the time has changed from midnight to 9 a.m. And, you know, already we, 
I personally saw a true impact of, you know, just community journalism, you know, finding an issue, talking about the issue. And then right there, we see that issue being addressed. And I think that did a lot for me personally. Um, I think that kept me from, you know, thinking, is journalism the right thing for me? Because in that moment, I felt like it was. In that moment, I felt like there's impact made. And hey, let, let's just keep going. It doesn't matter what that executive said. Let's just, let's just keep going with what I'm doing here. And so, you know, um, following the fall semester, I became editor-in-chief of the union. Uh, that was when the coronavirus happened, derailed <laughs> education in, in so many ways. And, you know, I, I tried to, you know, lead my newsroom through, you know, covering, you know, how students are reacting to this um, and, 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 you know, what situations put students in. And, you know, just within California, just to give some perspective, you know, there are over 116 community colleges, over 2 million students attend those community colleges. And, you know, more than three quarters actually come from, you know, BIPOC backgrounds. I, I think that's really important to address. Another thing I wanted to mention was, you know, basically after I graduated from El Camino College in the spring, um, I transferred to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And yeah, I'm currently, you know, still pursuing journalism. In the summer, I got to intern for Cal Matters, which is a nonprofit news organization based in Sacramento covering policy. I got to cover um, California's higher education and, and wrote about various issues like you know, the community college athletics pipeline being disrupted due to coronavirus season, coronavirus related season cancellations. Also wrote about, you know, Muslim students during the month of Ramadan, balancing, you know, fasting along with, you know, increased spiritual worship, all during a pandemic with finals and classes going on. There's just so much going on for, for Muslim students during the month of Ramadan, which was, you know, um, during the month of April and May. And yeah, really getting to write about underrepresented, you know, people. Right. Where, where you typically don't see, you know, stories that go along discussing these people, discussing, you know, their backgrounds, discussing what's going on in their lives. Did the journalism experience or how did the journalism experience for both of you all change when you transitioned from community college to the four year school? Was it a different type of instruction, a different type of a newsroom? Did you have more autonomy, less autonomy, respect? How, how did that experience change? Good question. So. For me, since that change actually just happened during this pandemic, I actually have not been in the newsroom, unfortunately, since March. But I will say that, you know, there, there are huge differences between that community college newsroom I was a part of at, at the union with, you know, Mustang News, which is what I'm a part of now at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. You know, the staff is a lot bigger at a university. There are lots more resources. And, and you know, there, there's so many people you know, on staff that there's actually a dedicated data and investigations team that I'm currently a part of, you know, looking at, at various issues and various topics at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Whereas, you know, at El Camino College, we had less than 20 people on staff. Everybody was doing each other's work, helping out, pitching in, you know, and, you know, I, I, I thought to myself a lot, a lot of times when I first joined as a copy editor, I'm just a copy editor, but I was writing headlines. I was, I was, you know, filling in copy for, for, you know, staff writers. I was, you know, the I was doing a lot, a lot, um, and I was helping out my colleagues a lot. So yeah, if, if that sort of makes sense, basically the union's, um, you know, staff was definitely smaller. So everybody was pitching in, you know, working a lot. Um, whereas at Mustang News, it, it seems like there's so many people where you can just like focus on one thing. Ayana, you too, I guess, FAMU has a lot more resources. Yeah, I guess I would kind of say from my perspective, it's a little bit more complex because my community college was really great. I think with their student newspapers, pretty well known in Florida, they have a very like popular um, base, basically the reporter. And so I actually got so much out of it. And I think transferring to FAMU, it kind of stayed the same because FAMU's um, School of Journalism is really great, but like our, our 
like our staff is very small. So like I, even at Journey Magazine, even at the student newspaper, there's maybe like 20 to 30 people on each staff. And like, that's so tiny in comparison to like other big schools, like all my friends at like the Alligator at the University of Florida, like where their staff is like 60 people. And so I thought that was crazy, but I think it was just kind of difficult navigating, you know, being like, well, I'm still kind of at a small newsroom. And I guess just because historically black um, colleges and universities are I feel like in the same boat as community colleges. So it was kind of transferring from one small boat to the other and then kind of just, you know, figuring out, okay, well, this is what it is. I have to make the most of it and kind of like balancing that I think is the hardest part, especially going to a smaller school. You know, I, I think looking back to the dark ages when Lane and I started, um, you know, there was there was always this expectation for a lot of us, not everybody in the business, for a lot of us, though, that we would start at a small paper and we would work our way up and and that you would take whatever training you had coming out of whatever program you, you came from. And um, you would just learn by doing, you know, you'd be doing a lot of different stories. You'd just be trying to write, write, write. And I, I know that we both feel like we gained a lot of wonderful experience from just doing it all, you know, like from just trying to, you know, when you write headlines and you have to boil down what the hell the story is about. I mean, it's helpful, you know, you learn, you learn by a lot. So, um, and, and I'm sure too, just listening to you guys talk, I mean, there's an awful lot of people in journalism who have felt discouraged by some bad, stupid conversation with somebody you should know better, or, you know, just the way things work here and there. So I applaud you for sticking to it, Omar, for both of you guys to like, you know, make it what it, you, you guys should make it what it should be, you know, someday you're running newsrooms and you're changing the way the practice works. So um, but I'm curious whether you got some of that feedback when you published your piece. Did people, how did they respond and how they react? And what have you heard? What, what's been the talk since then? Totally. Yeah. The, since publishing that story on Pointer, that essay, I, I asked to actually have my email at, at the bottom of the article, just because I felt like, you know, that there could be some, you know, you know really great um, you know, compelling responses. Um, and yeah, I got, I got a huge response, especially on Twitter also in my inbox. And, you know, it, it, it's actually a funny story because the story, the essay got published on the first day of the first quarter of my first year at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And I was sort of like, oh my God, this is going, you know, semi-viral to some degree on Twitter. I'm getting a lot of emails. How do I focus on this? <laughs> and I really wanted to make it a point to like respond to everyone because, you know, there were some really compelling responses. And I think, you know, from those responses, I was, I was reminded of the fact that the industry, the journalism industry may be a certain way, but the journalism community is very supportive. Um, it's a community that, you know, really, really, there's a lot of support you can find. And I think that's, that's really important to recognize because there have been lots of people who have reached out, lots of folks who I'm now staying in touch with, um, things like that, where, you know, it's, it's, it's really helping me feel like I am maybe in a better place to still pursue journalism. So... I know our newsroom is not perfect in terms of diversity. I don't know any newsrooms that really are. Um, but I did, when my boys were growing up, they're about your all's age. When my boys were growing up, I was always excited to tell them like, look, we have people in this newsroom who went to Yale and we have people in this newsroom who went to community college and everyone's doing the same job and everyone's getting paid similar amounts. So there is this egalitarian chance once you're in the newsroom, I think, to all do the same things. But what do you guys think as aspiring and upcoming journalists that newsrooms such as ours or the LA Times or anywhere should be doing to encourage 
more diversity, more diverse applications, as well as more diverse hires and coverage, of course. I think a good first step is for people in hiring positions and positions of power in news organizations to take the first step and just reach out to professors at community colleges. I think just doing that is a major step in just um, shortening or, or, you know, addressing the gap that is between community colleges and, and, you know, newspapers. Like we previously mentioned, you know, there's lots of local talent at community colleges. And to tap into that by just talking with professors saying, hey, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about how we can, you know, open the door for a potential, you know, fruitful relationship, you know, going forward between a community college and, you know, a newspaper. I think that would be a great first step. Yeah, it would be great to see more news organizations do that. Yeah, I totally have to agree with that 100%. I think it literally is just you know, taking that step and reaching out to the community colleges, HBCUs, the smaller universities that aren't, you know, known by name and literally just making those connections and making those students feel like, okay, well, they came to my school. That means I can apply. And that means I have a chance. That's literally all it takes to feel like, okay, I I have an opportunity. And that's a great advice to go to the professors too, because they know you guys, they know the students. It's not about even just setting up a, a random job fair. It's like reach out to the resources you have there. That's great advice. All right. If you have a question for anybody who was talking on this podcast, or you want to suggest a podcast topic, find us on our Facebook group or email it to rightlane at tampabay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at TampaBay.com. Join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Ayana Ishmael. Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.